Lloyd with Morgan streaking. She's checking the goalkeeper. The pay disparity between the men and women is, is just too large and, and we want to continue to fight. Uh, the generation of players before us fought and now it's our job to, to keep on fighting. The pay cap for the women's Major League Soccer players is 11 times less than the pay cap for men's Major League Soccer. 11 times. Rapino gets the crossing. It's towards one Listening to Give and Go with Rotas Wadera, only on Girls Soccer Network. Hello and welcome. This is episode 49 of Give and Go, and I'm your host, Rotas Wadera, and I just want to thank you guys so, so much for making the choice to listen to us at Girls Soccer Network for all of the latest and greatest news, analysis, lifestyle, and insights into the world of women's soccer. Be sure to check out www.girlsoccernetwork.com. Check us out on Instagram at Girls Soccer Network or on Twitter at Girls Soccer Net. We also have a YouTube channel. And of course, with this show, be sure to subscribe, share, leave us a review, give us some feedback, help us out. Hook it up for us. Give us whatever feedback. And of course, subscribe to wherever you can find this podcast, whether it's Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple, iTunes, wherever you get your podcasts, we got you covered. Soon to come, Amazon Music as well. But anyway, getting right into the meat and bones of this episode, episode 49, we have a very, very special interview soon to come with one of our latest sponsors, Field Level. They are an incredible athletic network connecting coaches and athletes together. We've got more on that with uh, Jason French. Great guy. Had a really awesome discussion with him. But first, we want to get into... You know, kind of one of the biggest stories in the world of college sports, just to kind of keep it in that realm. We'll also talk about, of course, Challenge Cup and and things like that later, the Women's Champions League. We'll get into the pros later. But first, we start with the youth in college level. Mark Krikorian out at Florida State. He was not fired. He resigned. It was a bit of a shock, I think, to everyone, considering they are the defending champions. He was the highest paid coach in America, making around, I think the number was 400 to 450K a year, which is a tremendous number for you know a collegiate women's soccer coach. But if you're Mark Krikorian, you, you essentially demand that type of fee because you are that good. All of the other, you know, coaches like Jimbo Fisher or Bobby Bowden, right, who was a Florida State legend for football, both of them got paid in the millions of dollars every year. So if you're Mark Accord and you've built up that Florida State program into a powerhouse, you absolutely deserve to have that same type of pay, that same type of recognition. Again, no one, there's not much word yet as to why Krikorian resigned. I think one of his star players, Emily Madrill, posted on Instagram talking about how disappointed they were with the university as to, as to the situation at hand, as, as to what was going on. And I think they were just there to kind of thank Coach Krikori for his contributions to the program, and rightfully so, with everything that he's done. You're looking at, you know, you're looking at one of the best coaches in America who no longer has a job and didn't have anything lined up. Um, if I had to speculate, 
if you had to have any theory out there, right, the budgeting at these universities, right, can be spread pretty thin, uh, especially at a place like Florida State, where they're probably they're they're likely trying to resurrect their football program. Their football program has been down for the last couple years, and I wouldn't be surprised if. The university said, we're not going to pay you that money. And Mark Gregorian said, sorry, that's a big part of, of why I'm here. I mean, because that, you deserve to make that much. That is your value. That is your worth, right? And so he probably saw that and, and said, I'm good. I'm, I'm ready to leave. But again, that's pure speculation on my part. I'm not associated in that in those circles. Just merely a guess, a theory. Take it with a grain of salt. Take of it what think of it what you will. But Mark Rikorian out at Florida State, a very very big story there, and an, you know a big loss for the ACC as well as as an overall soccer conference. So interesting to see who Florida State's new replacement will be for him, as well as where is Mark Rikorian going to go next. Two things to keep an eye on moving forward. All right, it is that time. Again, we have been very fortunate to team up with Field Level, an incredible company that has been around for more than a decade, linking athletes and coaches together across the country. All right, I want you to to picture this. You're you know, you're an athlete at the middle school, high school level. You want to play club. You want to play at the collegiate level, but you don't know where to start. And you feel like you might not be going to that division one level that all of the top, top athletes, you know, all the top prospects are going to, and that's okay. But you still want to play college ball. That's where field level can really help you out. Okay. All it, all it takes is for you to create a profile, get in there, get in touch with college coaches, get in touch with universities and vice versa. If you're a coach and you're looking to bring in athletes into your program that's where field level is really really going to come in handy you know so many athletes have you know really become a part of what field level is doing right you're looking at more than a million members currently with more than 200,000 coaches across the country and more than 100,000 college commitments have been made, right? So you're talking about 100,000 high school athletes making commitments to college already. So without further ado, here is this very, very special interview with Jason French, guys. Enjoy. Great. Jason, thank you so, so much for joining us. Uh, What exactly is Field Level? Who is it meant for? And what can people do to get more information and get involved? Awesome. Yeah, thanks. Rotas, thank you so much for having us uh, or having me today. Uh, I'm representing Field Level. Again, my name is Jason French. Uh, my official title is the uh, Community Development Senior Manager. I've uh, been going on, I'm going on my fifth year here with Field Level, and uh, it's been a blast. So, uh, yeah, thanks for having me on and really looking forward to working with uh, you guys, Girls Soccer Network, and, uh, and the good stuff that we're going to be doing in the next couple months. Uh, what is field level? Uh, great question. Let me break it down kind of from the beginning. So at our core, who we are, what we want to do, what our purpose is at field level is we want to connect the athletic community to opportunities. Uh, for the most part, what we've done in, we've been around for roughly 13, 13 and a half years. Uh, and for the most of our time as a company, uh, it has been centered around the recruiting process where we want to help connect high school and club level coaches to college coaches nationwide and vice versa, college coaches with high school and club coaches nationwide. Ultimately, for those high school and club coaches to introduce their athletes to college programs where they believe they would be the right fit. 
And so it goes back to our purpose of creating opportunities within the athletic space. We really want to help those athletes by being connected with their high school and club coach, help find them opportunities to play college level athletics. And so that's what we've mainly focused on over the last, you know, 12, 12 and a half, 13 years. Uh, but now we've just recently opened a jobs board on our platform as well. So now those, uh, again, going back to our purpose of helping the athletic community get connected to opportunities. Uh, now coaches are able to find opportunities to extend their career or find a new opportunity, a new job, a new coaching position. And so, again, we're, we're all about finding those and helping people find those those opportunities uh, for their next forward path or their next step uh, in their sport or in their career. Um, and that's kind of, in essence, what field level does. And uh, and with that said, you know, how how you know, you can learn more about field level. Obviously you can go to our website, uh, fieldlevel.com. Uh, our, uh, our Instagram and our Twitter handle is at field level. So pretty simple. So F I E L D L E V E L. Uh, for those of you guys listening out there, I know they all, they can't, they can't see us talking here. So uh, yeah, that's the, uh, that those are our handles. That's our website. And again, we're just field levels all about, uh, being that, that much like LinkedIn is a place where people create their professional identity uh, field level is a place for people to create their athletic identity and then we'll help them find their opportunities uh, to get to whatever that next level is for them. And after, you know, taking a look at the website, it seems so in depth and, and so thorough. How did this idea start and what has kind of been the overall vision for field level as, as a company and, and creating a community around it? Yeah. Well, pretty cool story. And I, and I, I definitely identify with the story uh, from our CEO and, and our founder, Brenton Sullivan. So Brenton, our CEO, he, he was a multi-sport athlete uh, in high school, went to a smaller high school, but he's a multi-sport athlete. And his passion was basketball. Love playing hoops. Guy still plays hoops to this day. Even if he uh, can't get a game, he'll go put up a couple hundred jump shots, you know, at the local park. And uh, while he was in high school, uh, he had a coach, his high school basketball coach, who he still has a really good relationship to this day. Uh, they're really good, good friends, very close, you know, coach player relationship. Uh, but that coach didn't have a network to try and help Brenton find opportunities to play college level basketball. Thankfully, Brenton was a good athlete, good student, ended up going to University of Southern California for us in SoCal. Everybody knows it as USC, but maybe somebody's, you know, over on the East Coast and they think Southern Cal uh, Carolina. Right. Um, so Brenton went to USC and walked on to the uh, to the baseball program and played for the baseball program for a long time. Uh, and for the and for those years, he always thought, you know, what would his college experience be if he were able to go to another school that would, you know, fit his skill set to play college basketball? You know, what, what would that have life been like for him? And so, uh, as a business uh, major at USC, they all have to put together a business business plan as part of one of their, you know, one of their projects. And his business plan was creating the athletic network. Wow. And that, that project won an award in his business school. And it, and it kind of clued him into something like, there's something here. There, there's some magic here. This idea of creating this network uh, can really be impactful for the sport community. And so because he had only had really the experience as an athlete, um, he wanted to learn more about the coach side of things. So uh, he got an opportunity to be the director of operations for the USC baseball program. I really just started learning more about the coaching side of things and the recruiting side of things and wanted to learn. He understood being an athlete, 
Now he understood what it's like being in the coach side of things or the administrative side of process. And, uh, and through that, he created this company with a couple other founders, uh, Jeremy and Corey, um, created this company. And, uh, I identified as well because I was, although I played, uh, college football at a small school level, uh, I wish my coach had a network to help me find multiple opportunities nationwide to play college level football. Mm. Uh, I've been a high school football coach for close to 20 years. I've recently, uh, you know, early retirement because I'm uh, moderately young. Uh, I'm in early retirement at the moment. Who knows if I'll come back, but as a high school football coach, when I met Brenton and I asked him, you know, we met through a mutual friend and he told me about field level. I was at a school uh, that had many athletes that could play college level football, but at a lower level, not the major division one level, you know, division two, division three, NAIA level athletes. And when he told me about what field level does in connecting the nation, giving me access to college co coaches around the country that I could then introduce my athletes to and say, Hey, I've got this running back who'd be a great fit for your program. Here's all the reasons why it was like a light bulb went off in my head as a coach. And it, I immediately started using it. I was a, uh, you know, like the old, uh, hair club for men commercials. I'm not just a, I'm not just a user. I'm not just the president. I'm a, I'm a member. I'm a user. Uh, I became a user of field level saw them saw, you know, how beneficial it was. And, uh, and then fortunately got an opportunity to work with the company a couple years later. So um, that's kind of how we started and uh, where our, our vision is going and, and kind of touching on what I've already spoken about is although right now we are focused mainly on the recruiting side of things, where again, Field level is not a service. We're never going to be the ones telling an athlete where they should go to school or telling a college coach that they should look at a specific athlete. We are this networking platform for these, these what we call promoters, high school, club level coaches, two-year school coaches, helping their athletes find that college, four-year level college opportunity. Like I said, we're focused on that. We've been focused on that for many years. We've gotten, we've gotten into the coach's job board and then the future vision of our company is going to be just finding more and more ways to layer on more products within our platform that can continue to help athletes find opportunities. So like right now, we don't currently serve a very young youth level athlete. Let's say a 10-year-old athlete. And the 10-year-old athlete and their family is like, uh, I want to get my daughter into soccer. What's the best club? Well, they might be lost. They may not have a college uh, soccer background. They may not know anybody in, in, in the uh, women's soccer space. So we want to be a place in the future where a parent can get online, see reputable information about clubs in their local, in their local area and find the right club, the right fit for that young woman, uh, to grow as a young woman, as an athlete, as a human being and, and grow within that sport and, and learn how to play that sport at a high level. So we want to help those young athletes find clubs. We want to find, we're already helping, high school age athletes find college opportunities. We want to help find help uh, college athletes find opportunities and maybe go find a, a high level rec league to play in after college. There's, there's international teams that utilize our platform to find athletes for their international program. We know as, as you know, you're in the soccer space and, I, and I'm, and I'm learning this as I'm more and more diving into the soccer space. There's so many fun international opportunities where you can go play get your master's in Rome or in Spain, get, get a master's level education, 
continue to train and play at a high level of soccer and compete against some, you know, some club level teams that are attached to pro level, you know, major, uh, you know, premier league programs and, and get that, get more experience playing the sport. So we want to continue just finding ways to build products to help, um, yeah, athletes and coaches find their next step. So that's, that's the future of field level. Amazing stuff. And I guess what are some specific success stories that you guys have been able to kind of link in terms of that sense of giving those athletes, those opportunities. Oh yeah. We've got, we've got a lot of it and it's from almost every level that we serve. So, you know, we've got college coaches that are, you know, they I'll utilize just some random geographic locations. Let's say there's a coach in uh, the middle of Wisconsin and that coach uh, has got a, a nice team, nice women's soccer program there, but they, but they just recruit kind of locally or maybe states that touch them. They were their division three, division two team. And they want to start finding ways to bring some athletes in from different parts of the country to bring a different cultural vibe to, to the team, bring a different, you know, uh, experience, maybe different competition level. And so they don't have the money to fly to Southern California where we are. They don't have the money to fly to, Florida or the Northeast, but they're able to use field level to connect with high school and club coaches or by using our platform, by seeing the athletes that they want to recruit, by communicating with the coach on our platform, they're able to recruit an athlete from a location they can't fly and get to. They can recruit that athlete into their program and now they've planted a flag and let's use Southern California as the example. They plant the flag in Southern California with that one athlete. That one athlete goes up to Wisconsin, has a great experience at that school. And now that athlete is able to tell their friends. That coach at that high school or at that club is able to tell other coaches. You know, I got a midfielder that went to this school in Wisconsin last year, loved it. We would have never known about it if we didn't get reached out to or we didn't have a communication or a connection if it wasn't for field level. So colleges were able to now expand their recruiting uh, territories. High school coaches, I think this might be my sentimentally my favorite uh, story is we've got coaches that we hear from that are in remote like locations where college programs just don't drive there to, you know, again, using Southern California, I had a coach that um, was in this like desert town way off the beaten path. You know, these college coaches that come and recruit in Southern California, they're staying in San Diego. They're staying in orange counties uh, in Los Angeles, and they're not going out to a desert community, you know, East. And so that coach, he, they take over this program and they, and they realize that athletes never leave their town. They just end up taking on retail jobs or whatever jobs in the community. They may go to the two-year school and that's it. That's the level, that's the end of their education. And they never leave. They just kind of live out the rest of their days there. And there's nothing wrong with that per se, but this coach really wanted to help their athletes find opportunities outside that little desert town bubble. And so they jump on field level. They start connecting with coaches nationwide. And next thing you know, in this coach's first year, four of their girls all went off to college outside of their town. Mm. So all of these young women are leaving to go get life experience outside of what, you know, they know their family knows everybody that they've probably been connected to for the last handful of years knows. And it's really helped, you know, I don't know your life experience, but traveling is a massive life, like just life growth tool. Yeah. It expands and your perspective. Yeah. Totally expands your perspective. And um, shoot, I was like 30 when I first traveled you know, outside the, outside the States, you know, into another country. And I came back, 
completely changed. It was, it was amazing. And so you know, we, this platform helps these, these high school club level coaches get their athletes these opportunities that they could have never done before um, without having a, a platform to connect them. So there's high school club level coaches that are really uh, getting these impacts and helping their athletes. International coaches are helping their athletes find opportunities in the States, getting them out of their, their different country they're at. Uh, top level clubs, uh, you know, that have, you know, a ton of high level division one athletes. Those girls are getting seen pretty quickly, pretty easily. They're the first person being looked at, at a, at a tournament or showcase and so on. They're highly recruited kids, but there's, plenty of athletes on that one 18 U roster that are, aren't going to play division one level soccer, but they're damn good soccer athletes. And they can go play at hundreds of different college programs, but they just don't know about those programs. So now that club coach knows that the athletes that are going high level division ones, they don't have to work all that hard for them because it's getting taken care of already. They can now put a lot of effort and really help guide those, those athletes uh, that are not the major division one level girls find athlete athletic opportunities at these different colleges, um, you know, through that club. And that club is able to utilize that as a marketing tool to, you know, when, you know, like I talked about earlier, when that parent and that athlete are looking for the right club to be part of mm-hmm. that club can now say, our club will work their butts off to make sure you find the right opportunity uh, in your life not just playing soccer, but find you the right school, the right fit academically, the right fit athletically, the right fit socially for you, because that club probably already has a bunch of, you know, personal connections, but now can utilize field level to create the connections, mostly within the States, but also globally that they weren't able to do by just the the personal connections they were able to make at, you know, in, in, in in-person events. So they're able to really utilize our, our, our platform as another tool for their club to, to help their athletes find opportunities. Awesome. So how many sports are covered currently within field level? And is there the possibility of more sports being added? Yeah, we were at 15 sports and we just launched four more sports. So every sport uh, that has a male and a female you know, version of it, we consider that each a sport. Uh, so we just launched uh, men's and women's tennis and men's and women's golf. I'm really excited because I am, although I'm a longtime high school football coach, big basketball fan. I'm a sad Laker fan this year, but um, they're having a rough one this year, but I'm a massive tennis fan. I'm obsessed with tennis. So we just launched tennis and uh, excited to see that that network's already booming as is our brand new uh, golf men's and, uh, and women's golf network. So that's really exciting to see, uh, see all the hard work our team put in and see how that's growing right away. But yeah, right now, 19 total sports. Uh, we are in the process of researching and probably adding one, two, three, four, five. Yeah, I'd say like somewhere in the ballpark of five to six new sports will probably be launched within the next year to year and a half. Uh, some sports are, are a little bit different. We're now that we're starting to get into event-based sports, like we're doing research on swimming and diving, track and field. Uh, you know, these aren't um, you know your typical sports where you know a soccer coach will sit there and be able to give you some uh, some evaluations based on what they see that athlete can do in their athletics at athleticism, you know, swimming, it's like this athlete swam the 100, you know, freestyle in this time. And that's a big deal. So like these event sports are 
um, are, are a, a little bit of a new thing for us. So we're doing some research. We're talking to dozens of college, high school, club level, personal uh, coaches as well, like personal uh, private coaches, athletic trainers um, in those sports uh, to get us really good information. So we can, when we launch those networks, uh, they'll be ready to go and be impactful for those for that sport community. So, yeah. So I would say five to six in the, in the near future, but right now 19. Cool. Um, and I know you mentioned earlier, you haven't been able to get into the youth space yet, but how has field level been able to impact women's soccer specifically? Yeah. So we've had thousands in women's soccer find opportunities and ultimately commit using field level. And uh, we've got, you know, close to, you know, I would say close to 150,000 different commitments on our platform. Thousands of those are, are in the women's soccer space. And uh, not only are, are these young women being able to commit through field level, like we can see, we can see the process. We can see, you know, coach signs up, invites their athlete, athlete puts together their profile, coach introduces them to college coach, college coach sees the promotion, looks at the athlete's film, look at the athlete's grades, reaches out to the athlete. We don't know what the coach says to the athlete. We don't look at their messages. We just know that that coach at that school reached out to that athlete. Lo and behold, a couple of weeks later, a month later, that athlete now selects the, I am now, I am now committed to X school, which all started on field level. So it's really amazing to see uh, these connections take place and, and these opportunities take place. So although that the, the commitment is happening, What's also great is that these athletes are creating tons of opportunities where a young woman in the soccer uh, space may get two opportunities, which is amazing, right? Getting any opportunity to play college level athletics is an honor, but there are two that they would have gotten organically, maybe through a tournament, maybe their coach had a friend that, that, that they let them know about. Now that athlete, because of field levels now got 10 opportunities. Mm -hmm. We want analysis paralysis. We want these girls you know, having so many stinking options that they, they don't know what to do. They want them. I want them stressed out that they have too many options. You know, that would be a really good problem to have. Right. And so uh, we we've seen that happen. We've seen that happen in the women's uh, soccer space. Um, we're continuing to serve the women's soccer space because or through just communicating with them, being at events like I, I learned about Girls Soccer Network and your guys' podcast um, by going to the United Soccer Coaches Convention. Uh, that's how I learned about you guys. Uh, so we're, we're going to events like that. We want to be more in this women's soccer community, uh, communicating with women's soccer coaches. We're learning more about how to get involved more internationally because uh, we know that women's soccer is a big deal here in the States. We also know a lot of female athletes are coming from outside the country and and a lot of these a lot of these rosters at the college level got a lot of international girls on it and so we're learning more and more about the international uh game as well so it's we're constantly learning we're we're growing literally while we're talking we've added coaches to our network we've added athletes to our network so which is really cool uh but it, for those of you listening, uh, please reach out to us. If there's an amazing event that you've got going on uh, that you think we would, it would be a great fit for us to come out there and just get to be with the community, spend time with the soccer community, uh, we would love to do that. So please reach out to us and let us know about these different options. And uh, we're, we're all ears. So uh, yeah, we're continuing to serve the, the soccer community. Already been served for many years and there's been lots of success. And I, I think the more that our network, our women's soccer network grows, uh, the more the, the sport will grow. And when there's more athletes finding more opportunities to play college level athletics and extend their career, well, that means more and more young women are gonna wanna play 
high school club level soccer because they're seeing all these opportunities that they can get to go to college or play this great sport, which soccer is an amazing sport. And uh, the more and more opportunities, you know, if one club becomes impacted, they've got, you know, four 16 U teams, maybe some coach goes, well, you know, I'm going to go branch off and create my new, a new club. And, and, and because there's an, there's a, an overflow of athletes in this club, I'll go start another one and just continue to grow that sport. And uh, more and more colleges will see, wow, college, college soccer, you know, needs more teams. We don't have a college uh, women's soccer program. Let's add it. And so I think that's really going to be able to help grow the sport. And we're seeing that happen in lots of sports that we serve and, uh, and women's soccer is just one of them. Again, that was Jason French, one of the senior managers of the community over there at field level. And uh, what a great conversation that was. I absolutely loved how he talked about in terms of what field level is able to do, how division two and division three level coaches now have the ability to expand their recruiting network and it also just expands your horizon as a player as as a young athlete to all the young girls listening right now right like you have an opportunity to 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 break free to leave to experience new things and to expand your horizons really and that's what this is about that's what field level can do for you being you know a small town kid in in wisconsin or wherever you may be right in in texas or tennessee whatever state you're in right and you feel like you might not have the resources now you you can go look at other clubs and other colleges that you may want to take a recruiting trip at or even give it a shot you know now you have that opportunity through field level so coaches can get in touch now when they might not have the amount of resources and money that some of the bigger schools have now you can cover it all at field level uh, so it's a really really awesome tool it's an athletic network that is truly opening doors think of it as kind of like a sports LinkedIn in a way to where it brings athletes and coaches together so we're super super excited to be teaming up with field level and uh, we're really excited to see how they continue to grow moving forward all right we get back to the hard-hitting soccer the challenge cup has not disappointed to say the least i will tell you what we had some incredible incredible matches to get you caught up on right so let's dive right in houston of course Finding a way to recreate some good old-fashioned magic in the NWSL Challenge Cup. Coming back from two goals to nil down to win 3-2. Maria Sanchez, the catalyst, looking really, really good. That is a tremendous signing. We talked about that already. The little wrinkle that she gives um, almost acts as a nice little replacement for, for Christy Mewis being gone. She gives them a nice little attacking flair and wrinkle to their offense that makes them tough to stop at times. Obviously, their defense has been having trouble as as we would have expected but that first win was a crazy one uh we've had some crazy results uh the key thing here is it's the parody right just when you think the league can't get any closer it finds a way to get closer (laughs) you know you look at kansas city um i just other than their they finally got romped right by louisville 3-0 was not expecting that definitely was not expecting that but up until that game kansas city has looked the best team so as a like playing as a team so far from what i've seen i absolutely loved what they have been doing what they did in the offseason the moves that they made the way they're playing as a team 
they've looked really, really great. Um, between Kristen Hamilton, you know, she's going to have to pick up a lot of the the slack now. Lynn Williams is out for the year. We'll, we'll get into that a little bit more. But Kansas City, man, that they are going to be an interesting team this year, and I'm going to keep being bullish on them because that's a, this is a fun team to keep an eye on. Even though they did just lose to Louisville, still, they've put themselves in a good spot. You know, them and Portland Thorns could be the two teams fighting for that lap fourth and final spot in the Challenge Cup semifinals. So I think the current are in a good place, and they're in a, in a tight race with Chicago, who also, you know, continues to, to do kind of what we expected them to do. Um, I think when you look at the courage again, right, what more can you say about Coach Sean Nahas and the job that he has done with this team? Dabinia, again, said it last time as well. That's an MVP candidate scoring against Gotham. A beautiful free kick. Who else would have? You know what I mean? Like, let's see. Yeah, right? Like, who else would have created such a beautiful goal in that way um, from that angle? Now, of course, they were unable to to secure the three points and really solidify their spot in the next round, right? That would have absolutely put Gotham away, but Ife Onomanu got the equalizer in the 84th minute. That is a huge result from Gotham. Just about keep their hopes alive, right? You have the courage still at the top. Um, You have Washington right behind him who are in place to leapfrog Gotham with the 3-1 lead over Orlando. You have the Rain, who have a game in hand over the Thorns, thanks to their win last night. Rose Lavelle uh, getting it past Abby Smith on the near post, unable to keep it out. Abby Smith with a strong enough hand, and then and then the Central is is probably yeah the closest. You have the Red Stars in Kansas City even on points with Racing Louisville not too far behind. So that is still up for grabs. The Central. But uh, very interested to see how this pans out. The rain are in the driver's seat. The courage are still in the driver's seat. And then the central we still have to see. But this Challenge Cup is really starting to heat up with, you know, there will be a small break coming up. But I think, you know, we've got a couple games to go. And it's going to be interesting to see how, how it pans out. But yeah, the courage are the team that are really just surprising us still. Or should we even be surprised at this point, right? Like, now, not only do you have Dabinia Carson Pickett again playing incredibly well, Merritt Mathias is in the is back in the in the fray. You know that team is still really solid, and no one's talking about the reemergence of Taylor Smith, a healthy Taylor Smith who has just been dealing with a myriad of injuries over the last couple of years. So it is so great to see her making an impact on the pitch as well. So I think there's a lot of great stuff going on in North Carolina that we're not seeing. Same in Kansas City, but uh, yeah. Those are some of the good things that we're seeing out here. We talked about yeah, Dabinia and, and Mallory Pugh being like potential MVP candidates based on their starts to the Challenge Cup so far because Mallory Pugh, again, two goals uh, yesterday against Houston. I mean, if, if she gets going, when, when she gets running downhill at you, it's over. I'm sorry. Like, this is the Mallory Pugh that we've been waiting to see, the healthy Mallory Pugh that's gotten some time off and is refreshed and is ready to go. 
yeah, look out, look out for those for Dabinia and Mallory Pugh to just take every to take over this year. Don't be surprised. Yeah, I think one of the things we also have to mention is is Angel City FC and and the growing pains early on. It's been uh, it's been rough. Not gonna lie, San Diego's looked looked better of the two. Um, Sophia Jakobsen opening things up really for players like Alex Morgan in that wave attack. I think. You know, San Diego, you could see the difference between them and Angel City in that one. I mean, our defense, I mean, I'm saying R as if I'm an Angel City fan. We're based in L.A. We're becoming an Angel City FC fan. It's happening. All right. So I'm just declaring my fandom right there, right now, you know, right here and now. The jerseys are the big story, right? The 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 daylight jerseys plus the the all black. So you know they've got we've got some fire kits, but uh, the, it's been a rough go through the first couple of matches. The loss to the rain was not a good one. Savannah McCasco getting red carded, not great. The defense is just. Uh, it's a makeshift backline. Sarah Gordon needs to return ASAP because everybody on that backline's been getting killed. Yeah, it, it's been tough. Allie Riley can only do so much back there. You're looking at a bad 3-1 loss to, to the OL Reign, followed up by a 3-0 loss to the Thorns, who took it to them in the second half after... Again, Angel City started well in the first 30 minutes. They really did. Kristen Press had a couple chances in that one, too. Didi Hiracic is unfortunately not the same keeper that it, she appeared to be as the backup in, in Gotham. And unfortunately, you know, it's different when you're, when you go from the backup to being the number one. And, and here we are. It's, it's up to Didi to, to pick things up a little bit. We believe in her. We trust in her. I've seen her make so many incredible saves. She's an incredible shot stopper. Uh, we, yeah, it's the preseason, right? We give her a pass. It's the preseason. Everyone's just getting used to the flow of things again. And and yeah, it'll, it'll pick up. It'll pick up. I just think, you know, it's been tough. And then, of course, the against San Diego, 4-2. It just it hasn't gotten much better. They're leaking goals. Kristen Press did score her first Angel City FC goal. That was a great strike. Nice to see that. But outside of that, it hasn't been very bright for Angel City FC uh, to start. And that's gonna be, it's going to be that way. It's going to be that way. They, they need some starters back. But, you know, let's, yeah, let's slow our roll here. Let's, yeah, let's, let's relax on them a little bit and ease up a little bit. Right, like Angel City FC will be just fine in a short period of time. Don't worry. Do not worry. All right, one last thing to touch on. The star players getting injured here. You know, we need to give our stars more time to ramp up to this level of competition, right? In every other sport, they're given this opportunity. You know, in every other sport, you have enough time to to get your body ready, to put yourself through the rigors. This is a knockout competition here over, you know, over a month span that, like, you're putting the players through and we already lose Tierna Davidson, Lynn Williams, and Marta. Not acceptable. It's not. We need our stars to market the league and move it forward. You need to have the recognizable players on the pitch at all times. That's the bottom line. Okay, sure, yes, we we know that they need breaks and that they need to, 
you know, get subbed out and they're not going to play every game. But still, you need to have them around. Marta, not having Marta in Orlando, as it is that team, is going to be stacked up against it. And you take her out of the equation, it's just going to be so, so tough because she creates so much for that team. Tierna Davidson has already gone through an ACL issue. For her to be going through another one, that's brutal enough as it is as well. For her, like, will she come back the same player? That's a potential starting center back for the U.S. women's national team, not just the Chicago Red Stars. And then Lynn Williams was doing incredible things with the U.S. women's national team in recent play and had a great year last year and is now, unfortunately, you know, not going to get to play this year with the Kansas City Current as a result. So it's it's tough to watch. It's tough to, have to see those star players who have done so much for the league have to have to push through more adversity um, that is just not expected. And I think, you know, they've all shown to have the mindset to be able to to make it through anything. They've all experienced different types of injuries, but it's it takes its toll mentally. You all, There's always going to be doubt in the back of your mind. There's always going to be something that says, can I make it through? Can I actually do this? And so, you know, it's just unfortunate that, you know, we got to deal with these injuries and, um, hopefully the league can do something about the schedule because it's, it's just such a problem. It really, really is a problem, and it will be moving forward. It, it, stuff like this is just going to continue to happen if nothing is done. So it's it's unfortunate, like really, really unfortunate, and we just hope that Marta, Lynn Williams, Tierna Davidson, you guys come back even better and even stronger than before because we need you. The league needs you. All right, we got a couple more stories for you. First, I don't want to end on this because it's kind of like a, a sad, a sad, sour note. So we'll start here first. Hope Solo, um, another arrest um, for a driving for a DWI and also a misdemeanor of child abuse, I believe, because her kids were in the car. Um, regardless of the scenario of how the statement that she put out saying she can't speak based on what her counsel said, but this, the truth will come to light in, in other words, right, is basically what she kind of pointed at. And she's never really taken full responsibility for any of her transgressions, even though she's done quite a bit. Um, and so this is just another case of that where, okay, even if you had one drink and then got in the car with your kids fine that's still your choice that's still that could happen to anyone right like that's it's common sense of just like the decision making of putting yourself in that position in the first place right that's really what it what it comes down to and it's a shame because you're looking at the greatest goalkeeper possibly in in U.S. women's national team history who just was about as dominant of a goalkeeper that I could think of. You know, Brianna Scurry dominated just, you know, as well. But when Hope Solo was at her peak in her prime, there were few that could come to her level in terms of, like, when the the U.S. women's national team's attack was Abby Wambach and Alex Morgan, and they weren't always finding ways to score, and the defense was getting beat, and Hope Solo had to make save after save. That was, you know, Hope Solo was just that good. And it's just incredible that we have someone who is so incredibly 
is a pivotal figure in women's soccer history, but also is just like she just needs help. It's just clear that she needs help, and I hope that she's able to get that help um, because this is going to keep continuing. I would think. I would think that this is going to this going to happen again. Just when you thought it was done, something else happens. So, heart goes out to Hope Solo, and I hope that you know you get the help that you need. Um, because you have kids, you have a family, like, can't endanger children now, can we? I will leave it at that. Anyway, moving on to, again, a much more lighter note. Again, that's why I didn't want to end it there. Barcelona, the women's team set a world record for attendance at a women's soccer match with 91,533 people. Are you serious? That is absurd. That is so absurdly awesome. Barca Real Madrid in the Women's Champions League quarterfinal, 91,000. That is incredible. Like, that is what we want. Like, that is, it's what we want for women's soccer. It really is. Like, what more could you ask for? I would, I'm sure, you know, the FA Cup final is going to do crazy numbers too. Because of Wembley, right? They're going to be able to fit close to that many people at Wembley. But for them to do that at Camp Nou... Truly, truly incredible stuff, an incredible story. And of course, Barcelona were able to advance pretty easily past their rivals. I don't know if it's necessarily a rivalry on the women's side. I mean, Barca's kind of just been dominant. Uh, and they set themselves up for a showdown with Wolfsburg, who knocked Arsenal out, believe it or not. So, Wolfsburg is this uh, German Death Star team that is just coming forward year in and year out. And, and they're going to come to play, man. So, Barca will be ready. Barca, I think, are still the favorites to get it done. But that's going to be a fun semifinal matchup. And then the battle for France, PSG Lyon, definitely looking forward to that one as well. Um, I, You know, there's a bit of history there. I think, you know, naturally Lyon has dominated this matchup previously, but PSG just knocked Lyon out of the Coupe de Feminine 3-0. So the, earlier this year, back in January. So I think, you know, Lyon is going to be eager to get that revenge. I think, again, Lyon are the favorites. We didn't get a chance to mention how incredible Katarina Macario is playing at this present moment. She is absolutely crushing it. Crushing it. So, you know, it's it's real cool to to see her finally coming into her own and, and playing at such a high level for Lyon. And once she, you know, now that she's doing it there, she's just going to come back here and dominate. Played for the San Diego Surf as the as her club team for five years. I think don't be surprised if she ends up with the San Diego Wave in a couple of years. That's my guess. But you never know. I hopefully Angel City FC goes in and swoops her, but Jill Ellis is definitely gonna make that move for Katarina Macaria. You better believe that. That's happening. Um but yeah, that's a, a great Champions League matchup to, to also look forward to. The first leg of each coming up in about a couple weeks' time, April 23rd. So that will be definitely something to tune into, guys. Alrighty, we have reached the end of episode 49 of Give and Go. Can't believe it, we are almost at 50 episodes. That's coming to you guys next time. Again, be sure to check out www.girlssoccernetwork.com. Check us out at Girls Soccer Network on Instagram, at Girls Soccer Net, at Twitter for all the latest and greatest news, analysis, insight into the world of women's soccer. Plus, 
get this podcast on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Please give us a listen, feedback, download. But until next time, thank you guys. I'm your host, Rotas Wadera. Peace out.